I always introduce myself as a veteran, and so that's why I'm appalled sometimes that people are so oblivious to the fact that they ask for help. So why look at me so crazy when I ask for some? You ask me first. I need a dollar, 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 that's what I need. And so one of my main objectives out there when I'm distributing the paper is to engage in the minds of the people to get them to wake up and realize we should all have rights. I share with you my story, would you share your this is Sounds from the Street, where we get to meet the men and women who define street sense. DC's nonprofit media center dedicated to creating economic opportunities for people experiencing homelessness. I'm your host, Adam Campy. Today, we're talking to artist and former Marine Robert Williams. Robert Williams is frustrated. He's frustrated by the general treatment of those living on the streets. He's frustrated by the discrimination, police abuse, and the feeling of being looked at as less than. But mostly, he's frustrated by the lack of respect given to veterans who so often trade a measurable sacrifice for invisibility on the street. Though disheartened and angry, Robert is resilient and he's using his creativity to raise awareness about homelessness and homeless vets. He started our conversation reading a short piece he recently wrote called Feeling Some Kind of Way. And since I was feeling some kind of way, I entitled it that, <laughs> Feeling Some Kind of Way. Uh, it starts off love or hate. Either emotion can make you crazy, yet neither do entangle me. Tattered is my heart yet full of love and compassion, broken and shattered. Where do I go? What do I do? No one even sometimes to talk to. Stop. Look. Listen. To what? To who? You care to? But for who? Do this or that? Why or when? How did it all begin? When will it end? Still I shall receive that which no one thought I could achieve. Knowledge I put on a shelf, I should be teaching, yet I'm stretching, reaching, but reaching for what? Is this reality or perception? I should have caught it in conception. What's really going on? Is it going on? Really? What? So much on my mind, got to admit it ain't all kind. So full is my brain, how do I ever even sustain? By his grace and mercy, gonna hold on to it, cause baby, I'm still thirsty. I gotta tap deeper into the source. Hey, that's it, but of course, caught up, because I was set up not to do what as I was brought up. Feel sometimes used and pimped, Still, I must make an attempt. Nothing beats a failure but a try. Tired, tired, tired. I should or could just cry. What does feeling some kind of way, what does that mean? You know, I was feeling some kind of way uh, when I wrote the piece. I was at the pizza studio and uh, all of a sudden was just kind of overcome with mixed emotions, scattered thoughts. And uh, so I just began to write as I was feeling at the time. Initially, I wasn't going to turn it in, you know. It was kind of like all over the place. But in actuality, after reading it over the third time, I decided that 
there's got to be someone other than myself that at some point in time they are too feeling some kind of way. You know, I can't exactly place your finger on what you're feeling or where it is originated from. You know, you're just feeling some kind of way. Hmm. Do you write often for the paper? I mean, I know... Uh, yeah, yes, uh, at least once a month the paper comes out uh, currently bi-weekly. Initially I was doing like every other month or just getting something in every now and then and started getting a lot of requests from uh, some of my regular customers and everything that, you know, I should write more often than they seem to uh, like what, what, what I was writing, you know, and I, I just basically, I, I write pretty much as I feel. Uh, I do not write according to what I think may or may not be received. I'm really not, I mean, I'm not being facetious or anything, but I'm really not concerned with uh, whether it's received or not received, but basically what's real, you know. I personally, I don't know how to talk out the side of my mouth like a politician. Mm -hmm. Only way I know to do it is just keep it 100 and spit it straight out the center, you know, keeping it real, you know. This city needs more of that. Yes. I mean, the whole world does, but particularly mm-hmm. the, yeah, na- yes. the nation's capital. <laughs> Most definitely. You're, you're a veteran. Can you just give me a little bit of a backstory as to when and where did you serve? I know you were in the, in the Marine Corps. And then what that transition was like post-serving to your experience with unstable housing. Okay. Uh, I entered the Marine Corps in 1978. Uh, about a year after having attended college and uh, my roommate burned our apartment down. <laughs> you know, I come home one evening from, from classes and my door was open, walls were charred, uh, most of my clothing and books were, were burnt beyond repair. And so I was uh, forced to withdraw and because uh, I, I was going to college for electrical engineering, I was forced to withdraw and return home. Being an independent man that I am, uh, felt that I should be contributing more. Uh, so I figured I needed to do something with my life. So I got one day and I went down and I joined the, the only branch of service. Anyone that's a Marine knows that the only branch of service is the United States Marine Corps. Now, you other veterans, you all count too, you know, but you all know the deal. I went through boot camp in South Carolina, Paris Island, which is in Beaufort, South Carolina. Uh, they call it the home of the sand fleas. <laughs> they sting you worse than mosquitoes. From there, I ventured to 29 Palms, California, uh, known as the Stumps, about 65 miles outside of Palm Springs, and was finished some schooling, did some schooling first, and then was attached to a communications support unit. I was in communications, uh, field radio operator. Uh, from there, I went to Iwakuni, Japan, which was a... Uh, great experience. Uh, learned the language, the culture and everything, beautiful culture, and uh, hit a lot of major spots in, in Japan. Uh, Iwakuni, Japan, Hiroshima, Kyushu, Osaka, Kyoto, and um, a couple other places. From there to Tegu Air Force Base, Korea. Finished my tenure of time at Quantico Marine Base out here in Virginia at uh, TBS, uh, training the officers at Officer Candidate School in Communications. Do you mind sharing the experience or the story of coming back from serving to what, what happened? I'll, I'll say this, uh, I personally, I did 
work or was employed, gainfully employed, in uh, a number of areas. Uh, worked uh, stint of time with the Chicago Board of Education. I spent a lot of time in Chicago, incidentally. That's where I spent some of my homelessness in Chicago, not so much here in D.C., but uh, worked a number of jobs uh, upon getting out my First couple of jobs initially was uh, at uh, Fort McNair Army Base at the motor pool. I dispatched government vehicles. I did construction work. I did, uh, wow. Matter of fact, I, I worked with A.O. Williams and Associates, which is an insurance company. Uh, a lot of people now may better know it as Prime America. They bought A.O. Williams out. Uh, but I used to uh, sell life insurance, and uh, I think that's one of the hardest things to sell. And nobody wants to talk about life insurance. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've done a number of things, worked a number of jobs, and as a Marine, a Marine can do just about anything. Uh, a Marine is not afraid to work. As a matter of fact, by 10 o'clock in the morning, a Marine has done more than the average working class person does all day or all week long. You know, some people ask me when I'm out, you know, distributing paper. Why don't you get a job? Why don't you work? Have you ever worked? I said, yes. One of the jobs I had was sacrificing my life for the freedom and security that you are now afforded. Now, there are some services out there for veterans. However, one is not publicized enough. In a lot of instances, an individual will go for a particular service and he's told, especially if he's amongst the homeless ranks, he's missing a lot of needed paperwork and or identification. And so he may go about here and he's told, you gotta go here, there, and there. So then he goes here, there, and there, and he comes back to his initial spot, he's told that it's been discontinued, uh, the position's been filled, or it no longer exists, or he missed the deadline. You know, a lot of veterans that are on the street have become complacent. They've given up, okay, because they're tired of being lifted up and then dropped on their head. Promise this, promise that, and then nothing comes to fruition. You know, these individuals fought for your life. They fought for the freedom you are now afforded. They make it possible to go into these clubs, these bars, these restaurants, these shops, and spend astronomical amounts of money and not have to worry about bombs or terrorists rushing in while they're enjoying themselves, and then come out and cannot help a veteran with five or ten dollars. You know, cannot even have the common courtesy or the decency to even look at him, to even respond to him. One of, one of my articles starts off like this. When will it end? Where are we headed to as a people? Not just black people, white people, red, yellow, or brown people. And to my understanding, there is only one race. Any victory that is achieved by standing on the neck of another is nothing more than a shallow victory which inevitably be lost. Forgive me for the bluntness or directness of this question, but do you currently identify as homeless? Uh, no, I'm not. I am, I am housed, I am, I'm currently unemployed. But uh, by the grace of God and by the legislation that President Barack Obama and Vice President Biden have in, in action to have all homeless veterans off the street, by 2015, I have been afforded a HUD-VASH voucher. 
So I am currently housed and have been uh, since shortly after returning back uh, to Washington, D.C. I returned back here in 2012 after the uh, passing for the homegoing of both my father and my mother who both passed within uh, six months apart. And at that point, I went into a transitional, transitional housing for veterans. Uh, by the grace of God, I went into one that was extremely nice, uh, nice environment, nice neighborhood. Unlike most transitional housing or anything for veterans or homeless people, period, they're generally located in low rent, high crime, drug infested areas, as this was not. I was fortunate once again in that aspect. I know Mayor Bowser and the Department of Human Services has made this pledge to end homelessness for veterans in 2015. Does that afford you a stipend? I have zero income. You get on a list, uh, pretty much like the thing called uh, Section 8 that has existed for some time and many people have been on it for many years. And for a veteran to receive housing, I guess there are certain things that will enable you to move more rapidly up the list, such as uh, the length of time that you've been homeless, uh, illnesses, and there's a third thing that I can't pull off the tip of my tongue right now. Yeah, certain requisites or things you meet, you know, based on your your income or physical health or mental health, you can rise through the, the ranks. One has to be strong, you know. You cannot give up. A lot of things are happening all around that's not right, and a lot of society allows so much wrong to be done right in front of the eyes, or they just close their eyes to it. That's why I say they're walking around with their eyes wide shut. My articles have different titles uh, describing and trying to alert one as to what it is they need to do. One is as I open my eyes. One is control. One is change your mindset. One is contemplating choices. One is we should all have rights. But we should all have rights that refers to the homeless community. You may recall the Bill of Rights that we studied in school where the average homeless person does not have the opportunity or is not afforded the opportunity to exercise those Bill of Rights. So with that particular article, my theater group and I, which I'm a member of the theater group Staging Hope, we drew up a homeless Bill of Rights. That was veteran Robert Williams. And you can see the Homeless Bill of Rights, a 45-minute performance of monologues, poetry, and songs at George Washington University's Marvin Center on November 16th at 7 p.m. So come support the Street Sense Theater Workshop. To hear more sounds from the street, check out streetsense.org audio, or find us on SoundCloud or the podcast app Stitcher. Soon, you'll be able to find us on iTunes. Please keep the conversation going on Facebook and Twitter at Street Sense DC. Sounds from the street theme song, I Need a Dollar, How to Make It in America, performed by Aloe Black from the album Good Things, used courtesy of Stones Throw Records. The song is composed by Aloe Black with Leon Michaels, Nick Moshan, and Jeff Dynamite, used by permission of songs of Cobalt Music Publishing, EMI Blackwood Music Incorporated, slash Sony ATV. The following songs are found on WFMU's Free Music Archive and use courtesy of Creative Commons. Excerpt of South, Rivers Crossing and Flood by Black Hill from the album Bridges of the South. And excerpts of Vittoro and the Zeppelin by Blue Dot Sessions from the album Aeronaut.
My name is Robert Williams, and you are now listening to Sounds from the Street. 